Hey, this is Pastor Jesse of City Lights Church, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you and confirms the fact that the kingdom of God is a present reality in our lives that you get to live out. You get to be God's ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. That's exciting news. We also hope that our messages challenge your identity to help you understand who you really are in Christ. I hope that you're blessed by this message today. Today's reading is from the Gospel of John, and it says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be all be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the, the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I have known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them, and I in them. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Martin. Well, good morning. I see a few new faces, so I might as well introduce myself. I am Ben. I am the associate pastor here. I'm glad you are here uh, this morning. I'm glad I am able to speak with you this morning. Uh, we are currently in our sermon series called The Church Is Not. This is actually a, a book Jesse is writing. So now I get to preach part of his book, and I hopefully will make the cut. I'm praying I made the cut into his book. Uh, I do charge by the word, Jesse. It's $2 a word, and this sermon is 1,500 words, so do the math. Uh, I might get a little pricey for you today. Uh, as long as you let me in the book. I want a little tag, Jesse Miller and Ben Hailstone. I'm just joking. Uh, in 2005, I was on a missions trip in Los Angeles, California, and we spent a lot of time just walking up and down Hollywood Boulevard and uh, spending time on Skid Row and ministering to the homeless and talking with people and sharing the love of Christ with them. But there's one moment that sticks out to me, and I still remember through to today. Uh, one of our last nights there, we went to the Santa Monica Pier. Has anyone ever been to the Santa Monica Pier? It's a huge pier, California. Dan was on the mission trip the year before me. Same mission trip? Same mission trip. And uh, we were there, and I was with a friend, and we met this homeless guy at the beginning of the pier, and we started talking with him. And uh, there's crowded. It's California, so everything's crowded. And we're walking down the pier with this homeless guy, about to go buy him food. And all of a sudden, out of the corner of my eye, I see the, like, a hand coming this way across my peripheral vision. I'm like, what is this? A fist flew across my face and hit the guy I don't know next to me. Hit him. He's on the ground. All of a sudden, there are 15 guys around this guy with me in the middle kicking this guy. And I was like, holy cow, I'm in a gang fight right now. I have somehow managed myself to be in the middle of a gang fight. They're screaming. There's shouts to stay off our turf. There's punching, kicking, phones flying, glasses flying. And I managed to sort of sneak my way out of the circle and run. 
the cops blew whistles, which is funny, they just blew whistles. They blew whistles and everyone sort of scattered. And I turned to my friend in shock. The homeless guy we were trying to buy food for was long gone, long gone. And I was like, I was in a gang fight. I was in a gang fight. Uh, so if you're ever in a game of two truths and a lie with me, I usually throw that one out there thinking people will think it's a lie, uh, but it's a truth. I was in a, a gang fight. Uh, and I know what you're thinking. Does Jesse have a chapter in his book about gangs? Well, sort of. Uh, the sermon today is called The Church is Not Your Denomination. It got really quiet all of a sudden. Currently, if you don't know this, there are 200 different denominations in the United States. Globally, the last count was 45,000. And this does not include just the countless subdivisions within denominations. You know, like there's Baptist and there's First Baptist and there's Church of God and there's Assemblies of God. Like, there are countless denominations. I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, uh, but do you ever meet someone? This happens to me at my other job all the time, and they find out I'm a Christian. What's the first question they usually ask you? What denomination are you? Anyone else experience that? Or maybe I just, all my friends at work just want to ask me that question. And I usually answer, like, what are you? I'm like, I, a Christian. That's usually my first answer. And they're like, no, 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 no. What are you, Catholic? No. Baptist? No. And then I have to tell them, hey, I'm non-denominational. And that always opens up a whole new set of questions. Like, do you allow everyone in? Is everyone? I'm like, I'm just a Christian. I'm a, I'm a Christian. There's nothing different. I'm a Christian. I'm, and is it wrong to be part of a denomination? No. What is City Lights? You may be wondering that if it's your first time here today. We are a non-denominational liturgical church. You can tell people that and they'll get really confused. And is non-denominational the way to go? No. I want to appreciate that the church is not supposed to look like a theological turf war. So if the church is not a denomination, what is it? What is the goal of the church? What is your part to play in this as, as a church? So Martin read the gospel passage today, and we start out, this is Jesus in his last days. Most people think this is either right before the garden or right in the middle of the garden. Somehow they recorded what he was praying. And he just goes on this whole prayer about his disciples and everything, and then he says the lines, I do not ask for those only, but also for those who believe in me through their word. So imagine you're reading, reading your fa favorite book series, right? And you're reading a chapter, and all of a sudden, you get to the point, and the author says, hey, Ben Hailstone did this. Wouldn't that shock you that somehow the author put your name in a book? This is what we're seeing here. Jesus is actually praying for us. You are mentioned in the Bible right here at this moment this is us. This is you and me. We have believed the word spread down from the disciples through generations. This is about us. In his last days before his death, Jesus prayed this prayer about us, and it still echoes over all of us. And this prayer is very important. And this prayer that Jesus prays for us is that they may be all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, isn't that a crazy prayer? That they all may be one. It doesn't say there that they may be Pentecostal, Church of God, First Baptist, Reformed Baptist, Assembly of God, non-denominational. It says that we may all be one. So what makes us one? 
And in a world where like identity is like a big thing, who knows there's a huge identity crisis in the world today? Anyone with me? It's suicide rates are massively up among teens because they're grabbing everything they need off their phone and they think Instagram shows them the better life when it's not. It's just people's best part of their life on Instagram and no one's showing the worst life. Identity is a huge issue. I love Jesus clarifies here where we get our identity. That they may also be in us. Who are we in? Christ. Us. This is actually a Trinitarian passage right here. He's talking about the Trinity right now. He's like, hey, just as we're one, as we work as one, as we operate as one, I want them to be in us. That is our identity today. It's not a denomination. It's not a theological leaning you have. Our identity is found only in them, in the Trinity. God, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is where we find our identity. That's where we grab it from. If you're grabbing it from your denomination, I hate to tell you this, they're going to let you down at some point. We've seen it. It's going to fail at some point. Anything a man makes fails. I don't know if you guys recognize that. It's all going to go away. I had a famous sermon here once where I'm like, I'm happy. We're all going to die because <laughs> it's true. But we all live afterwards, don't but everything fades away except who? Christ. So it's important today that if you come in here with a mindset that you are living your life for a denomination and that that's the only way to live, you are wrong. The church is not meant to be denominations. It's not meant to, that's not the goal of the church. The church is a reflection of Jesus. You are not your denomination. You our reflection of Jesus. This is more important today than I think it ever has been, especially right now as the elections start ramping back up for the, these elections. How many of you can say we're united people right now? No hands. Why? Because we're not. We're so divided. Even within the church, we're divided. What are we supposed to be to, to the world? Are, we supposed to, are they supposed to look at us and see a mirror of themselves and see division and see strife and see fighting? No, they're supposed to look at us and they should see Jesus. They should see a glimpse of what the kingdom of God is like, every race, every tongue, every tribe, every nation, Democrat, Republican, everyone's there if you're a believer. And that might strike some people wrong, but I can't wait to get to heaven and be shocked on who's actually there. I'm actually excited to get to heaven and be like, wait, he's in? That guy's in? I thought the guy was a nutcase. But I can't question their life. There's a bigger picture here than your denomination. There's a, there's a lot that hangs in the balance here because of this. If we, if we understand this, it looks different. Why? Does Jesus want us to be one? He lists two statements in here. One, that the world knows that God sent him. That's pretty important. That's a pretty big responsibility for the church right now. And right now, it's so separated and so divided. When the world looks at us, they see themselves. We are to be one so that they know that God sent Jesus. And then the next thing is, we're to be one so that they know that God loves them. Isn't that just a crazy statement? 
He wants us all to be united and all to be one to, know, to show the world that God loves them. Why? Because the world can look at us and see our differences and see, see our, our theological minor issues that we have maybe with other denominations, but that when they see us united and working for the kingdom and working for Jesus' love, they look at that and say, wait a second, God loves us. Because if he can make that mess look unified, he can make us look unified. Anyone with me today? That's a Jesse line. I had to say it because it's part of the book probably. There's a lot of stake right now. In a, I'm, I don't know how much in time I'm going to say this today, but it's really important to me. You know, we cannot show the world the world back to them. Our jobs are kingdom witnesses. If they look at us and they see the same thing going on there, they're not going to go to the, go to the church. If they look at the church and say, well, there's 45,000 different types of churches. What's, what's the point? And I, I pray to God that they walk into one of them. But God is calling us to be some, beyond a picture of just our denomination to the global picture of what he's actually doing as the kingdom of heaven. That the world may believe that Jesus was sent and know that he loves them, that the Father loves them. There's a few things today I think will help us with that. And uh, anyone know what an echo chamber is? Like the real echo chamber, you go on, you can like say stuff and it just echoes back to you. Uh, do you know like Facebook and social media algorithms have figured it out and just echo what you believe back to you? Uh, and that's why sometimes it's so hard uh, when somehow a different opinion sneaks into your Facebook algorithm and you're like, what the heck is this? And it, like you disagree with it. It's only because you're only seeing what you want to see all the time. And I've got to be honest with you, 15 years ago, you would have met a very different Ben Hailstone. That's my last name, by the way, if you're wondering who that is. You would have met a very different me. I had a certain theological leaning uh, towards a certain uh, like denomination, and if you were to give me anything else other than what I thought, I had like the most judgment towards you that I ever had towards someone else. And I only read what I wanted to read. I has judged every other person. And I thank God for his grace uh, of meeting me in that place and showing me who he really is. I was living in my own echo chamber of my own denomination thinking this is the only way and everyone else is just wrong. And because of his grace, I found people that I would have disagreed with completely years ago. And then he opened my eyes to see, that, wait a second, some of, these, some of these things they're saying is right and I've judged them incorrectly. There's people from all different denominations that have shaped who I am today. Matt Chandler, John Piper, both Baptist people have tremendously impacted how I live. Brian Zond, who's, I don't even know what he would consider. Henry Nowen, a Catholic. N.T. Wright, an Anglican. Brad Jerzak, an Orthodox. And I'm not who I am today if I didn't allow what they were saying into my life and not judging them because they're different than what I thought the church and my denomination said they should be like. 
it's funny today, as we made our switch to being a more liturgical church, you know what our biggest worry was? <laughs> They're going to think we're Catholic, right? Who thought, like, these candles up here, they do communion every week. One week, I served communion and said, the body of Christ broken for you, and people were like, are you Catholic now? And I was like, no, I'm a, a Christian. And there's been, like, this Catholic phobia well, at least when I grew up, we're like, oh man, Catholics are just wrong. I've met some really loving Catholic people that have impacted my life, and I can no longer say what I used to say back then, no, Catholics are just wrong. They're probably going to hell. Because they have changed and drastically changed my life. And I'm encouraging us today to go beyond what we think is correct in our denomination that we grew up in. We've all, who has all grown up in a denomination? Any of this is your first time church, and this is great. We're not denominational. You're all welcome. This is what I tell everybody. But there comes a time where, and maybe you've been there, where someone else comes in and they explain their view, and you just want to judge them. Because you're like, that's not what I grew up with. So how do we handle that now? Because I want to say that there are heresies today. I was just having a conversation with a Jehovah's Witness I work with, Hope you're not watching. <laughs> and, uh, she, I already told her this personally. But she was trying to convince me the Jehovah's Witness Bible was the same as our Bible. And I said, it is not the same. I was like, go to John and read this, the first John 1.1. 1, 1. It says, the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Their Bible changes to the word was a God. Because they don't want to recognize the deity of Jesus. That... <laughs> is a denomination where you can be like, yeah, I'm not going to get involved with that. Because that is actually heretical, denying the deity of God. But there are tons of denominations, including the Catholics, that hold fast to what we would hold fast to as a creed. And that creed is called the Apostles' Creed. We've said it here, we're actually going to say it again next week. Uh, we're doing a baby dedication next week, and we always say during the baby dedication to remind people what we believe in. And in that creed, there's a term where it says, I believe in the Catholic Church. And we've had so many questions about this because when you hear Catholic, you think Roman Catholic. When they wrote this, there was only one church at the time, and Catholic meant universal church. And so when we run into someone who doesn't, isn't a part of our denomination, I would say just run through the creed with them. Do you believe this? Do you believe that? Do you believe this? And if they say yes, they're your brother and sister in Christ. They're part of the kingdom and they're doing something for the kingdom. Uh, if they deny any of that, I would have a conversation with them. Don't write them off right away. Don't show them out of your life. But I'm, I'm, I'm challenging us today. There's come a time where we have to Stop looking at like the small picture of, of what we are, what we grew up, and start zooming out and seeing the wider picture of what God is actually doing through his kingdom on, on the earth. And it's a really challenging thing to do because it, it challenges everything within me to be like, wait a second, I, agree, I think this way. Let me zoom out and see what else is happening. And then I see the kingdom moving through people I would never expect it moving through, through churches I would never expect it moving through. Uh, Recently, I've had an issue with some people. I call them the Reformed bros. Uh, there's some <laughs> Reformed Calvinist people that 
that I had a huge problem agreeing with just because the way they, they seem to hunt out every charismatic person in the world and say they're wrong, which I agree, there's some kooky people out there. But I've also seen God move in ways I can't explain and I can't write off the charismatic church uh, in a certain way. And so everything within me, I'm telling you, I'll go on YouTube and there's this one guy, uh, he would just go against people. And I'm like, I'm gonna comment, I'm gonna comment. Then I looked at the guy, I was like, this guy has kind eyes. And I couldn't, like, I was like, I just liked him because I was like, this guy actually has really kind eyes. Uh, But the goal of Christianity isn't to make YouTube videos about other churches. That actually destroys what Jesus is praying right here. It is going against Jesus' prayer. He doesn't say, I pray that, the, you know what, I pray that there all be one, except those few guys that they can just say crazy stuff about people with no proof uh, and call them heretics and, and get away with it. The goal of Christianity is for all of us to be one, and I'm encouraging us today to strive to be one. Whether that means having a conversation with the people you don't agree with, that's the first step. Uh, whether it means just reading a book from someone you would never thought you'd be reading. But there is a huge thing at stake here. The world is at stake here. That they may know, that they may know that he sent Jesus and they also may know through seeing us as one that he loves them. I want to encourage us today to strive for unity. The church is not your denomination. It, it's not. If, if you're here just because we're non-denominational, you're not here for the right reason. If you're going to a church just because they're AG, it's not the right reason. That's a good reason. You can have your theological leanings one way or another and pick a church because they're AG, but if that's the only reason you're going there, you're miss the kingdom of heaven. You're missing the prayer that Jesus prayed over us, that we would be one. And I love in this area, uh, Jesse and I tell the story all the time, we, we felt like no one liked us in this area for like three years. Uh, one, because we were charismatic and some uh, churches disagree with us. We ran into a church in New York City once and we were just laughing. It felt like almost like, a, like the West Side Story. Like we walk up and there's another church. We're like, oh man, you guys are here. And we're like, what are you guys doing here? And it was just like an awkward moment because we're like, these guys don't like us. And as Jesse has told us before, something started breaking down in this area. And we we'd started to think, they started to think called Christ together. Where the focus wasn't denominations, it was Christ. That Christ is the one that brings us all together. So once a month, it hasn't happened in a while, but in, for the past like eight months, it was happening once a month, we would have a, a meeting with tons of pastors from every denomination. People I don't agree with theologically probably, but I'm sitting there and I became friends with people who I never would be friends with. Jesse and I, I remember we, at my birthday, somehow I got invited to this meeting, not a fun meeting, and we were at Moe's afterwards, and one of the pastors we were with brought up Bethel Church because he knows we sing Bethel songs. He's like, you guys don't do Bethel songs. We're like, yeah, we do Bethel songs. And he went through this whole list of all these accusations against Bethel, and Jesse sat there and didn't argue back with him, but said, hey, here's what I've experienced. I've been to Bethel. Here's what I've learned from Bethel. And yes, there's always going to be crazy people at at churches that say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, but we can't write off a whole movement because there's a rumor that they sat on graves one time and prayed. And the guy's like, oh, that's a rumor? And Jesse's like, yeah, that's just a rumor. And that wasn't like the leadership doing that. That was some person just doing it and said they're from Bethel. 
And the guy was like, oh, okay. Now, did he change the guy's, did Jesse change the guy's mind? I don't know. But I sat there and said, this is what the kingdom of heaven looks like. Even in our disagreements, even in our, in our theological leanings one way or another, that Jesse could sit there and we could sit there and have a, a conversation and say, you know what, the one thing we do all care about and we know that Bethel cares about and we know that we care about as a church is the kingdom of heaven advancing in Scranton. I love the fact that we, I've been able to sit with pastors, leaders from churches that I would never really sit with or have conversations with and to see us all come together and say, you know what, the kingdom of God moving in Scranton is way more important than our denominational leanings. And let's go for this together. I'm encouraging us today as a church it is time to advance the kingdom. And what that looks like is not a non-denominational church taking over Scranton. It's partnering with everyone in Scranton who believes that Jesus is the son of God and saying, let's do this together. The church is not your denomination. For the sake of the world, the church is not your denomination. It's a body. It's Christ as the head. We are the body and we're doing something. I want us to stand today. We're going to do the, the Apostles' Creed together and Maybe you'll know this, so for next week we can do it with our eyes closed. We can't, I can't even do it with my eyes closed. But we're going to say this out loud together. Uh, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. This is what we believe today. This is why we move forward today as a kingdom body in Scranton. Because most people in the churches I interact with hold fast to this statement. And yes, while we have, may have minor differences in theology, I don't want to make that a big deal anymore. Because the sake of the world is at stake. That, he may, that we may be one in him so the world may know that he sent Jesus and that the world may also know that the Father loves them. Wants to strive for unity today. The worship team, you can come forward. Mm-hmm.